Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the Christmas episode. My name is David Reed. Uh, and over there, look, it's Marek Larwood having a jolly Christmas time. Merry Christmas t- to you, one and all, the children, the uh, well, no children listen. Merry Christmas to the film lovers who listen to this podcast from Iceland, Guatemala, New Zealand, Spain, from all over the world. You've named only Christian countries, that's good. Uh, okay, uh, for well, Christmas non- time, non-Christian countries, Australia, <laughs> <laughs> Scotland, Scotland, and of course Ireland. Right. Well, Merry Christmas. Merry right, Christmas. And to, or they should say Happy Holidays. Now that's what they make you say in there. All these bloody uh, things. Blah, blah, blah. Um, Christmas time is, of course, about films. Yes, it's a time where you want to find an excuse to not talk to your family well, members. the spirit of the season has forced you to be in the same house as your family, which you try to avoid the rest of the year. So, as a gift to you, so you don't have to talk to them, films are on telly. Yeah. And it's constant films on telly. Well, Christmas. the main the main choice, the big choice is, oh, can you go to, we've got... We've got the Radio Times with us. Every Christmas you have to have the Radio Times Christmas edition, which is like opening Christmas present. The key one is, what is the film they, that BBC and ITV have chosen yeah. for that post-Christmas dinner, lunchtime, the one that appeals to the whole family? What time do you call that? Because you see, my family has Christmas dinner in the evening. Do you have it at lunch? Yeah. three okay. After the Queen's speech at three o'clock, there's always a film. Three o'clock. Okay, 3.20 on ITV. It's normally like uh, Monsters, Inc. Or Tangled. Yeah. Tangled. Excellent choice. Um, well, let's have a look. This is in the films of the day. 4.35 on Channel 4, Muppet Christmas Carol. But what's the BBC one? BBC doesn't have a what's best Go on. to the day. Yeah, let's go to the day. Come on. This is the first thing I do is see what the Christmas film is, is on it? the day. Monday on Freeview. Um, where's the date on it? Oh, there we go. It'll be a Pixar thing, I bet. Yeah? Okay, what's your bet? Uh, something to do with... Come on. If you had to put money on it... It's got to be some new recent kids' film. It better not be Hotel Transylvania, because that's a... <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to have to watch this. That's the thing. You're going to have to. Is your well, family is the kind that has to sit down and watch? Well, I don't want to speak okay. to anyone. So, uh 
Oh no, you're you're, you're not going to be disappointed. BBC One. Yeah. Toy Story Three. It always is Toy Story. Toy Story Three. And ITV, Tangled, Channel 4, Muppet Christmas Carol. On Channel 5, uh, for people who don't want a kid's they film. They always do that, some violent or something, isn't it? Casablanca. Of course. Old classic. Playing it safe. Now, David, what yes. are your favourite Christmas films, please? Toy Story 3, Tangled, uh, Muppet's Christmas Carol and Casablanca. Well, someone's going to have this. Coincidentally. have to get their Sky Plus um, work. It's going to be a nightmare. Uh, no, uh, Christmas films. Now, what do you class as Christmas films? There are many films that are set at Christmas. Well, uh, I mean, one you could say is Gremlins is a Christmas horror film. Definitely. Very Christmassy. That is, but it can't, it can't just be where Christmas is passing. What well, it snows in the final shot as they cut to credits, basically. Yeah. Um, well, for out-and-out Christmas films, uh, Elf, I love... Will Ferrell. Mm-hmm. Um, I love uh, Santa, uh, Santa Claus the movie, the one with Dudley, Dudley Moore. Moore and uh, John Lithgow. It was a real disappointment when it came, wasn't it? Apparently so, but I watched it as a kid over and over again. I loved it. I, I have also met the reindeer from that now, so that probably helps. How did you know? Uh, because a friend of mine is a reindeer herder, and they basically hate in Scotland and they basically hire out all the reindeer for these how things. long does a reindeer live indefinitely they just get bigger and bigger like uh, like crocodiles the problem is when you said I believed your story and now you the second <laughs> half of it it's <laughs> no, okay. no I don't know is the answer I don't, it may not have been the reindeer but it's certainly their family it's one herd you can't say I've met a reindeer it's like me going to say I met a horse the other day it was in Black Beauty yeah, no, it's the same family. It's like I've, I've I've definitely met at least a niece of the reindeers in Santa Claus the movie. Uh, this is a rubbish story. Well, it wasn't didn't start as a story. What about a more obscure film that you like for Christmas? Lethal Weapon, that's a Christmas film. Um, Die Hard, obviously. Uh, you know what? I have never seen It's a Wonderful Life. What? I know it's insane. I've never seen It's a Wonderful Life. Why not? I don't know. I've just it's never been on when I've been watching telly. Uh, is the is the go to Christmas yeah, film? Yeah, exactly, exactly. I don't think it's that Christmassy. Um It's quite what, depressing, isn't it, until the end? Yeah. It's quite a dark film from what I've read. It's in black and white. <laughs> so fifty percent of it is dark. Yeah, naturally. <laughs> and it was at, there isn't actually on a film which just um on a, a black glass and all the characters are animated in snow oh wow must have taken a while this podcast is just full of lies <laughs> one of my favourite Christmas films is one my dad got out from the video um, shop i.e. the spa which is where you used to get the videos when yeah. I was 8 years old called A Christmas Story have you seen that? no what is it? it came out in 1983 and it's based in um about the 1950s it's about a boy I think it's quite big in America this film as a Christmas film but um, it's not really so well known over here so to our American listeners you probably know you all know what I'm talking about uh, it's this little boy who wants a BB gun um, for Christmas and it's narrated by uh, him as a grown up as an adult telling him to, and it's him going to school and getting bullied like the Wonder Years bro- it, now I think this is we talk about films being precursors to other things. Yeah, it is exactly like that. 
It's like a funnier version, like the best bits of the Wonder Years. Is it before the Wonder when, Years? Yeah, 1983. Okay. And the kid's got these sort of glasses, and it's about him getting told off at school and getting bullied and not getting the marks he needs. Um, it is very, you know, it's a typical sort of American family where the dad's just uh, sort of pissed off of work and. Uh, <sighs> The guy who plays Ralph is Peter Billingsley. Plays Ralphie. I, I really want to know any of these people. It is the most Christmassy film. Uh, apparently, it's like semi-autobiographical story. It's based on. Um, if you want to see a Christmas film that uh, is a bit different, go check out a Christmas story. Another one I was pleasantly surprised by was Bad Santa. Yes, yeah, that? that's good as well. Yeah, it is good, but it's not. From the trailer, I was expecting it just to be a sort of pathetic, gross-out thing, where you know, with dwarf humour yeah. and stuff. But it's not. It's got proper heart to it as well as being very funny. Yeah, I thought that was excellent. Well, that's our Christmas films. We're going to talk about something else now. Oh, is that it? Um, there's quite a few uh, good things on. I would have thought. Over what Christmas. did you pick? Indiana out? Jones is always on, and it's not particularly Christmassy. I don't think it's all set in sand. I think there's a thing about Christmas films. They're not actually Christmas films. They're just successful films that have been on a lot. So you have that nostalgia because Christmas is an odd day. Yeah, they're family films, really, aren't they? They're ones that sort of anyone can watch. I think because Christmas is, has the same sort of structure that uh, gets repeated year after year after year after year. So you can't really tell how old you are because the day is pretty much exactly the same until you move house or someone dies and it changes and that's not very nice um, but Christmas can stay <laughs> the same your philosophy on life yeah Christmas is pretty much the same for year after year after yeah. year and then the, suddenly babies appear and it changes a bit again but uh, that's why you associate you like the old films because they yeah they're just nostalgic well they're just um, pillars in the film world I don't even do you know what I don't even know what I'm talking about <laughs> well I'm glad that uh, on Christmas Day uh, Star Wars Episode 2 Attack of the Clones is on again you're joking no it's why like it, they've not even rated it well in this everyone knows they're terrible don't repeat them just because they're George Lucas films mm. they're terrible films they don't belong on this list with Toy Story and Casablanca. They don't belong on this list. They wouldn't be there for very long. I think they will, you know. But the, t- the TV channels have probably bought the rights to about 10 showings so they're trying to get rid of it at Christmas. ITV's still showing back-to-back carry-on films, as it should, every single year. Um, Chalet Girl followed by Iron Man. That's a good uh, double <laughs> double bill. Well, tell us what. Why don't you write in and tell us what you're going to watch this Christmas, and then we'll probably ignore it. Do you know we've got an email though talking about um, uh, something? Yes. <laughs> you're right. When I um, a couple of weeks ago, I talked about how it was just Chris Webb, our regular listener, writing in, and yeah. no one else wrote in. So we've had a few emails. Thank you very much for writing in. Lee Wood has written in. Do you know what he's got to say? I don't. Why don't you tell me? Hi, guys. Just say I'm listening. Quick question to ask. Quick question to ask. I haven't read good at reading lately. (laughs) Quick question to ask if you've ever seen honest, honest trailers on YouTube. I find them hilarious. 
especially the, the specific rim. I think he means specific rim. <laughs> no, specific rim is the porn version. Oh, is it? Okay. And Man of Steel ones. Also, have you seen your Captain America trailer? I'm really looking forward to it now, but do you think the trailers are now spoiling films? There seems to be ten different trailers for one film nowadays, which can really show off too much of the film. Sent from my iPhone, Lee Wood. <laughs> God, there's such show-offs, though, listeners. Um, there's two questions there. Two questions. Uh, well, th- which one first? Let's go with the last one first. Are trailers spoiling films? They always have done. They always have done. It, you know, with the few exceptions of things like Train Spotting, where they filmed a specific, almost short film mm. to not give anything away. And even that one had a montage of shots from the film afterwards with Bourne Slippy over the top. It's inevitable. You've got to sell your film or you won't get to make more films. But you have to spoil the surprise by doing so. I don't think the studios care about it. All they care no. is about selling... They've made the film, they don't care if it's spoils the film, they just want you to go and see it, that's all. Yes. And I think, I think I've said it before, it's particularly villainous for comedies, I think, mm. because when they give away the best lines and they will be best lines from all the way through the film, it means that every time that line comes out, it's a momentum killer mm. in the in the audience, I think, because you've heard that one before. Um, and it's a real shame. I think they should shoot... Well, Anchorman 2's been doing very well, actually, trailer-wise, in, shoot, in showing specially recorded stuff, by mm. and large. I think that's the way to go. If, you know, I would like to believe that if I had any power over these things, I'd want to actually budget for shooting a trailer shoot something that's in the spirit of it and even could actually throw a curveball to the audience so they're expecting one thing and something else happens use it as part of your storytelling occasionally you're surpri- you are surprised by films that are better than the trailers yes uh, uh, last week I spoke about Saving Mr Banks that was one where the film was much better than the trailer we watched the Captain America trailer after Lee Wood put up yeah it's essentially just a series of action, action sequences um it's an it's another superhero film, uh, the Winter Soldier. This is a second of the uh, Captain America films. It's it's interesting that a, a film as mainstream as that seems to be going down the lines of America shouldn't really just attack other countries, should it? I mean, that, they seem to be on a turning point culturally. I have to disagree with you, really, because I think nothing about that film is interesting. You I'm not going to watch. I know, but I'm not going to watch it. No, I was just saying it's an, possibly an interesting point in America's history where they're starting to turn a corner in uh, believing, you know. Okay, that is it. Maybe it is interesting. You know, I thought, you know. But I don't want to. You don't want to talk about superhero films. That's <laughs> why. No, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. And the other question was: Have we seen honest trailers? I think someone, um, uh, Mark Bell, posted a pic on our Facebook page, which is. Facebook forward slash Film Fandango Facebook.com forward slash Film Fandango where I think there might be a link to the Man of Steel one on there if not we'll put it on there it's very good the Honest Traders they are good they're excellent they're excellent and um, the overdub ones as well if anyone wants to track those down I forget what they're called but where they've uh, they've muted the soundtrack of movies and then overdub what it looks like the mouths are saying oh really and they're weirdly genius those ones especially the Twilight ones um Back to the previous thing about yes. trailer spoiling films. 
I don't know if this was a trailer on your uh, when you went to cinema, but uh, the other w- uh, recently to see a film. Was, yeah. Have you a really odd trailer for the Secret Life of Walter Mitty? Yes, I see. Where the- Ben Stiller is almost a charity appeal. <laughs> it is incredible. I was like, what? What is happening here? He's reading an auto cue because you can see his eyes moving. And he's talking to to you as if you're sitting. So he's, you know, like oh, I've not seen that trailer. It's incredible. He's saying, "Hi, my name is Ben Stiller." It was not even. It was sort of badly written by some PR person. Hey, I've got a film coming out which I really love. I'm really proud of, and I want you to come and see. I thought, what? He's begging. It almost like a begging. He's list. begging yeah. us to see his film. And we then, know he's associated with it. But he's they, in the post. So it was odd. That is very strange. And then they showed a trailer, which was five minutes and gave away the whole film wow that is bizarre it was bizarre I thought is this what's the, I thought what's happened to the bloody world <laughs> and then well Ben still is talking directly to me what does he want unless it was a dream <laughs> were you asleep no have you drunk too much drink no, I needed to go to the toilet so badly <laughs> you passed I was out hallucinating a form of sort of bladder cataplexy <laughs> I had hallucinated Ben Stiller begging me to go and see Walter Mitty. I think you owe someone an apology. Um, there's some more letters as well. <laughs> okay. Um, if you're listening, Ben, no, you're not. If you are, <laughs> then um, well done. Okay. Do you know what? Someone else is written in. Who is that? Who is it? Justin King. Justin King. In Ipswich, where's oh, Ipswich? Oh, can I read Ipswich? Yeah, I don't know an Ipswich. I can do the Norfolk accent. Oh, go on then. He Let's looks like that. a charmer, doesn't he? Drew Merrick and David. Last week, I went to Sunny World in Ipswich to watch the new digital restoration of Gone with the Wind, and I absolutely loved it. The screen was almost full, and I think, and I think a lot of people like me enjoy getting to see a classic on the big screen for the first time. So my question to you is. Have you ever gone to the cinema to see an older film? And if you haven't, which classic would you choose if you could watch anything? I would put forward Casablanca and some like it hot as two more I'd love to see. All the best, Jane Ipswich. Well, um, of course I've been to see older films at the cinema. I'm trying to rack my brains for particularly good ones now. Um, I I would like recent... My favourite ones I'd go and see would probably be... I think, Sci-fi always lends itself to the cinema. So, and then I think I said before, I'd love to see two thousand and one on the big screen, which I haven't seen. I saw two thousand and one with a live orchestra. It was amazing. Yeah, I'd like to do. I um, wish you'd invited me. Sorry, ET. I'd also, um, I think, would be really good on the big screen as well. I saw Raiders of the Lost Ark, um, which was awesome because mm-hmm. I'd only ever seen that on TV, and. Um, I'm trying to remember its exact name because I'm afraid I'll get it wrong. But the um, uh, the rise and fall of Colonel Blimp, I think it's okay. called, which I saw on the big screen, and I'd not heard of it before um, when I went to see it, and it is fantastic. Also, I think some black and white ones that would be good. The Third Man, I think, would be interesting to see how that holds up, and Double Indemnity, which is my favourite film noirs. I like to see that. Maybe I could make a day of it. <laughs> Um, but you know the BFI and stuff do these things don't they yeah they do um, 
Yes, they do. Yes, they do. The life and death of Colonel Blimp. Sorry, I've managed to look it up now. The life and death of Colonel Blimp. But that's a fantastic film if anyone tries to track it down. Um, quite long, but but brilliant. I've never heard of it. It's yeah, it's it's a fantastic um, film about Colonel Blimp was um, a sort of caricature figure of the aristocratic colonel from the Second World War, who's sort of fat from you know overconsuming fine wines and food Swan. and big big handlebar moustache and just kind of a bit useless and sending. Um, I'm uh, thinking of Stephen Fry and Blackadder. Yeah, sending Tommies off to their death. That's exactly it. The okay. sort of Melchior figure. And this is... It starts with him being um, uh, insulted by a young officer for being uh, for being this waste of space when, you know, there's a water fight. And he screams in the man's face, you don't know anything about me, you don't know what I've been through, you don't know who I am. And then there's this fantastic bit where um, he... He goes swimming as Colonel Colonel Blimp, the big fat guy, goes swimming and he exits frame and then he comes back, all one shot, back in the day before camera trickery and it's the same actor and he's now a young man. And somehow he shed all the prosthetics and everything uh, wow. off camera and he comes back on and you're now back at the beginning of his life in the army and you see it up to that point again. And it's wonderful. I should watch it just for that. Yeah. It's, it's sort of famous for that shot as well, you know, of being a bit of kind of magical... Yeah, yeah. Um, let's go for another letter. All right, what have you got? I think it's time for you to read one out. All right, where are they from? Um, he says uh, Chichester. Where's that? Oh, he's got a request there. Oh, it, I didn't say. Appalling accents. Mm. We'll see about that. Where's Chichester? It's um, near... Um, um, Germany. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, dear David, Merrick, Buddy, and the other listeners out there, Chris Webb, I was listening to your wonderful show about film and wondered which actor or actress you thought had gone from incredible highs to rock bottom. I, I confess to being a Bruce Willis fan and find Die Hard and Sixth Sense are fantastic, but did you see the last Die Hard film? Oh, and Robert De Niro. He has countless movies to his name that ensure he should never have to work again and he is currently turning out dross like the family. Is there anyone you can think of who has soared higher and then fallen further or, conversely, started off making dire films and then started starred in something that might blew your mind? Yours, Paul, from Chichester, near Munich. <laughs> Um, I think you've picked out you've hit the nail on the head there with Robert De Niro Robert De Niro hands down must be the winner of that award for just cashing in his legacy year after year after year he he isn't even doing anything good anymore That's like what, Stardust is the last thing I think was good he was in that I can remember um, I was watching film 2013 or 2013 when they called it yeah and the review on there oh, I quite like I can't remember his name really bad with names he said that people now the youth now watching Robert De Niro would think that he's just he's this hammy sort of dad they'll think actor. of him as yeah. a guy from Meet the Parents yeah. absolutely yeah it's incredible how, how how he's prepared to just whereas Al Pacino I think still picks his roles yeah a bit more you know um, the other way round um, starts off in crap well, and the becomes guy excellent from, the guy from Neighbours 
AKA Which one? From the Russell Crowe or Guy Pierce? Guy Pierce. Guy Pierce, yeah. Starting off in Neighbours and then going on to make Memento and um Yeah. All sorts. Yeah, he's then gone on to do Prometheus and stuff, but uh yeah, you know, a couple of blips. Um Hmm. Well he was in LA Confidential as well. Yeah. Brilliant in that. Also in Goodfellas, um thingy what's his name, Acne Face. <laughs> Ray Liotta yeah he he was a quite promising good fellow yeah. and then he just tends to play bad a series of, sort of slightly bad villains and so things almost comedy uncles like evil comedy uncles yeah I like, can't remember what so many nondescript and he just looks as though he just oh, I can't really say this I mean using it to fund some sort of drink problem isn't yeah. it Paul Hogan I bloody love the Crocodile Dundee films. Great. Even Crocodile Dundee 2 is great. Yeah, and then they did Lost in LA or whatever and then did Flipper and then sort of disappeared forever. It's a very quick graph, but Flipper is definitely beneath Crocodile Dundee. Um, uh, It's probably not a great example. Uh, M. Night Shyamalan is, uh, as a director rather than a star, started high and has been (laughs) plummeting ever since. Just it's sad, isn't it, when they make it look like a, a fluke? Um, yeah. On this subject, I recently s- saw Only God Forgives, right? Which is uh, the director of Drive. Yes. Made this, and it's almost like a Ryan super- Gosling again, isn't it? It's got Ryan Gosling in it. Uh, the music's uh, by a bloke called Cliff Martinez, who is uh, brilliant. He makes the music to Drive. I think we're just so uh, symbolic of it. Uh, the right word. Uh, it's different, different uh, photography, but the look is the same. Okay, look is the same. But yeah, the trailer made it look like it was the same DOP because yeah. it is very similar, sort of and very black blacks, but then sort of flashes of colour. And they sort of cut that pinky, sort of reddy hue that Drive had. That's sort of neon. It's almost that street light. Yeah, that ne- neon thing. Yeah, look. Um, sorry, I'm just typing in to make sure I've got his name. And and guess who? Who else do you get for any foreign film? Any foreign film? Well, it's not a foreign film. We're set in. Kristen Scott Thomas. Yeah, of course. She plays the <laughs> moment. Anything set outside in Europe. Yeah. And you've got a, a, a lady in it. Um, you pick Christian Scott Thomas. It's great. So the director is Nicholas Winding Refn. I can't say his name. R E F N. Danish bloke. I drive was one of my favourite films. I remember. I absolutely loved it. Um, I hadn't seen anything like it and it really made you want to go out and buy a scorpion jacket and kill someone <laughs> with a hammer yeah or just my fist you know that sort of thing <laughs> uh, and I, I love this film then I saw a Q&A with the director Nicholas um, Winding Refn <laughs> I shouldn't be nasty to people because I realise how difficult their job is but he was the most pretentious person and the most annoying, everything you, every cliche you have about director, film director yeah. being snobby and up his own ass. It was, if you watch the DVD extras of the interview with him on Drive, it's impossible not to hate him. I mean, he can come after me and beat me up, but I think he's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> and does this come across in his latest well, film? The Rick Drive, I read the book, um, which is based, uh, not was a short story by James Sadis. Right. And he got so it's based on that, and he had another script writer in. He wrote the script to Only God Forgives, and this is interesting. Sort of seeing that that almost like M Night Shyamalan's sort of fall from mm. grace. It 
looks amazing. It looks, but it's a bit like of a Kubrick ripoff. Sometimes it's a bit too, you know, in The Shining, some of Kubrick's films, everything's symmetrical and it's got that beautiful, yeah. everything's staged and it's, everything's, everything's a bit clinical and yes. uh, yeah. It's, every every shot is uh, set up. Um, the acting, you know, you've got Ryan Gosling, you've got Christian Scott Thomas, great actors. The script is one of the worst scripts. I cannot believe it, this got. He wrote and directed it. And that's the only reason it got through. It's embarrassing. It's like a teenage teenager would write the script. So you've got these Christians got Scott Thomas saying these lines, which are so clunky and so trying to be sort of hard man like. I think English might not be his first language. You can really tell. <laughs> it's odd, and I, I thought this film was at the start is terrible. I couldn't understand. Couldn't work out whether it was because I loved Drive so much, and I was hearing the music to Drive, yeah. and I was seeing the images to Drive. Um, it was like teenagers were recreating Drive for you. Yeah. Because they knew how you loved it so much. Once I got into it, I preferred it. Uh, I preferred it a lot more. I mean, once you get into it, you get to have to sort of realise it's not a normal narrative film. A lot of it's visual. There's very little script. Right. And it's just music yeah. by Cliff Martin that's playing and people wandering around for no reason, looking to distance and just doing odd things in Bangkok. Um, but... I did made me confirmed I thought the director was an idiot for <laughs> just going just get someone in and say can you read through that read for that script and check that's alright <laughs> just one person just get one person to read through that script is he a victim of his own success as yeah I think it was, it was having seen him influenced my uh, viewing of the film yeah because I saw him interviewed and I thought you are pretentious and once you see him talking He's the least charismatic man I've ever met, or not met, or seen in an interview in my life. Then it put me off the film. Wow. It's a really violent uh, film. So I, 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 he finds out this, and I'm definitely gonna get killed by. If I get killed by some guy from a Bangkok police officer with a samurai sword. Yeah, I'll know who did it. We have a rough idea. It was Nicholas Winding. I mean, you haven't even told me his real name. Or or a listener to the show. Yeah. Or Christopher. What, a uh, second choice would be regular to Christopher Webb. Oh, you're so afraid of Christopher Webb. <laughs> he stopped writing in. Oh. Um, how so many marics would you give it? Only God forgives. Yeah. Not Christopher Webb's murder of you. <laughs> I'd give it four, Ooh. purely on the basis of the music and the way it looked. Okay. Okay. And, uh, and That's Ryan not Gosling, enough for a film. Ryan Gosling uh, playing the same character. Yeah. And just doing, just looking... It's ruined Drive a little bit. Don't watch this film be like Drive. It's almost like... So he does that look, you know the looks he does in Drive where you, just, you, you sort of give him dialogue and he, yeah. he's just looking without any real character. There's no... You've seen behind the curtain of Ryan Gosling a bit. Yes. There's no mystery. There's just yeah. nothing. Well, that you know, an actor who's doing very, very little needs massive support from the the cinematographer and the soundtrack and yeah. the director and the script and everything, you know. Um, um, is there anything else you've seen this um... well I wanted to bring up actually that uh, things you'd recommended and I hadn't seen on previous episodes I've sort of been having a bit of a catch up so I saw Blackfish yes which we talked about very briefly which is fantastic um, I didn't recommend it did I yeah I think so I, I have some inkling we would it was mentioned anyway if we haven't I haven't seen it I recommend you track it down it's about um it's about orcas in SeaWorld and how uh, uh, their turbulent history and how it's been hushed up that they've killed three people. But um, it's amazing. 
And it's actually, like Rust and Bone, the real story. It's exactly like Rust and Bone. I was thinking that when I watched it. Uh, but um, only the, the keeper doesn't survive. Um, it's, it's sort of mind-blowing a bit. bit too one-sided. I know even if the, the truth is one-sided, the polemic nature of it doesn't quite sit easy with you at the end where you feel mu- like you might be being manipulated. Okay. But it is wonderful to see. And uh, Willie Nelson and some other musicians since seeing the film have cancelled their gigs at SeaWorld. So it is Just having an effect. Get the whales to the music themselves. <laughs> I How love Enya. How is whale song? It's probably really relaxing for our listeners. Let's just have a ten seconds of whale song, which you can you can cut out of the podcast and put it on repeat. Ready? Yeah. Happy Christmas. <laughs> the other one I tracked down was. Um, uh, I want to say battery's not included. It's Safety not, not guaranteed. Safety not guaranteed. Yes, with Aubrey Plaza and um, and also the guy who plays Nick in New Girl, whose name I don't know, but um, he's the guy in it. Yeah, um, it was great. Really good film. A few people have tweeted in saying they like that, so I think it's, it's a good low budget film. Yeah, lovely, lovely sort of gentle film that's well done, and then you know it's yeah, it's it's very sweet. It's very sweet. The mate, the guy actually who is the one who believes in time travel and yeah, really odd performance because it Mark Duplatz or something. Yeah, what's he done? Do you know? He has done a few films. Okay, good, good on him. <laughs> good on him. But no, it's it's a weirdly truthful performance for what could be just an out and out comedy role. That's why it worked. I said, I think I said uh, a couple of weeks ago that it was a tone. They nailed the tone, yeah. and everyone's playing it like they believe it. Yeah, yeah. Another comedy I saw um, uh, recently is The Heat with Sandra Bullock and... Melissa McCarthy. Yes. Yes. How is it? Well, I didn't go and watch cinema because I thought oh, it's going to be awful. Terrible poster. There was a whole uh, fracas online about how they'd photoshopped Melissa McCarthy's face to be totally unrecognisable. I think she's a very attractive woman. Really? Yeah, I think she really is. And she, and she calls herself in the thing, she talks about being fat, she's this fat but. Her face, I can watch her face all day. Yeah. Um, Have you seen the poster? Yes. Yeah. I, not Incredible. I, I just thought on IMDb. Keep telling. Tell tell the audience what the plot is. Um, uh, so it's just a, it it's you. just a cop buddy movie. Uh, Sandra Bullock's the prim um, sort of uptight police detective, and she has to work with Miss McCarthy, who's sort of Irish descent, rough and ready cop. Now. Here's my thing. I've talked about films, actors that should be up for uh, Oscars this year. I think Melissa McCarthy's performance is Oscar-worthy in this. Really? I think in she a comedy? is brilliant. She's, um, I could watch her all day. The first two minutes was just Sandra Bullock, and I thought, oh no, this film <laughs> is going to be terrible. This is Melissa McCarthy just smashing out of the park in a comedy performance. She is so watchable. Uh, her face is brilliant. She brings comedy to things in, in in most other hands would not be funny and she made me laugh out loud and I really enjoyed it and it was I give it seven marics or and it was a, a good fun thing if you want to watch over Christmas and it's good to see two women giving proper comedy roles yeah. and nailing it like sort of bridesmaids well I, I 
I'll I'll try and track it down then because I liked Sandra Bullock, Bullock in Miss Congeniality as yeah. well. I thought she was funny, and she she's not often given a you know often when you've got an A lister, they they for some reason the very fact they're in it guarantees it won't be funny because it's going to be a big enough project for enough people to interfere and comedy is a fragile thing so then you get things like The Proposal or any of this guff which is just like just people prattling around and it's sort of harmless but not funny so I think Melissa McCarthy I'm encouraged to hear it she's a superstar and she should be given well she'll get more stuff but I thought well uh, she's in one of the biggest sitcoms in America at the moment so Mike and Molly that's where she came from from TV Uh, it, I think it's sort of third only to uh, Two and a Half Men and the Big Bang Theory, Mike and Molly. I think she's amazing. And I've seen some great... This this year, to bang, I think brilliant female performances. Uh, to uh, talk about saving uh, Mr. Banks, Emma Thompson in that. Uh, the Adele Extropolopolopolos from Blue is the Warmest yeah. Colour. And Miss McCarthy in this. And Kate Blanchett in... Uh, Blue in the sort of blue, blue jasmine, yeah, yeah, all brilliant. And I've only seen Tom Hanks do anything that's <laughs> close to those those acting performances of the year. I think. Yeah. Well, we'll find it. We'll talk about that. Are we going to do a review in not next podcast, but the one after? Two that? weeks time, when it is the new year, we will do our rundown of the best. When things. all the films have been out, and yeah. we've watched all the films in the. Give them all a chance because we don't want to be unfair to them. We don't want them getting on the phone. Or emailing us, dearfilmfandango at gmail.com, or going on our Facebook wall forward slash filmfandango, or tweeting us at filmfandango and saying, Here, you didn't give Anchorman 2 a fair shot because you did your rundown of the year before it even came out. Yeah, we don't want them bribing us by donating to help fund the podcast. No, that is the last thing we want to have to deal with all of that politics by going to filmfandango.co.uk and giving us money. All of which goes to save children. And Wales. who've grown up into <laughs> save children who've grown up into us. That's right. Save children who've grown up into Marrick or I. Either yeah. of those categories. Yeah. And we promise none of your donations will be invested into BAE systems. Yeah. It's topical for a week ago. That was comic relief, basically buying guns with um, yeah money. With money. Um, well. That turkey must be almost be cooked by now. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, it's in five days' time, but yeah, <laughs> I'm cooking it early. We're just gonna on, have cold meat sandwiches for Christmas. Put it on really low, really low for five days. Well, this turkey's huge, isn't it? It's enough to feed five thousand people. It's an enormous turkey. Well, have a merry Christmas, everybody. Or if you're uh, if you don't celebrate that sort of thing, have a rotten week. Yeah, and uh, you non-believers. <laughs> Even, and uh, we'll be back next week with more films. It will still be Christmas. It will still be Christmas. Well, sort of. It won't be New Year yet. Keep watching the films. Keep watching the films. Bye. Bye. Mom. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.